Support for 100 Watts and a Wire is brought to you by 100wattsandawire.com. To subscribe to the show, simply click the RSS feed found under each episode. While you're there, apply for your free 100 Watts ID and learn how you can help make 100 Watts and a Wire listener-supported. Click the Donate page and pick the option that works best for you. That's 100wattsandawire.com. And ICOM. Communicate with the best. Communication has never been so fun than with ICOM. From D-Star to SDR, ICOM uses the most advanced technology in their radios. And Alpha Antenna. Alpha Antenna manufactures directional tuner-free HF antennas. For highly rated, customer-enhanced antennas, visit alphaantenna.com or call 1-888-482-3249. And Hamsphere 4.0. Hamsphere is a state-of-the-art computer-based transceiver that uses the Internet to layer real-time, real simulated propagation sky airwaves. To learn more about the new generation of virtualized professional radio, visit hamsphere.com. And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Yes, sir. Hello to you and welcome to 100 Watts and a Wire. I'm Christian Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. And yes, we are still in the mist of midst, mist, mist, mist. Damn, what is that word? We're still in the mist. Maybe mist isn't even the word, man. Up extra early this morning, so the words may not even fall into place. You know. I have to say, I woke up earlier midst, midst, midst. What the hell is the word I'm looking for? I don't know, man. I had one of those dreams that wake you up. Like, oh, and uh, broadcasters will get it because it was a broadcasting nightmare. And I was working for a new music radio station and I haven't done, well, I've done music. But not for a radio station proper, say. What I had was a blues, a two-hour blues radio show that was syndicated about a year or two ago. Was the most recent show that I've done with broadcasting, but not for, say, you know, a station where you're sitting there and playing records or music or CDs or tapes or 8-tracks or vinyl, which I would prefer. I kind of came along a little too late for vinyl. Isn't to say I didn't play records on the radio, but generally not playing records on the radio. But man, I had this dream, and it was one of those ones. It was like the first day. And the first hour of the first day. Usually you'd get a little training. Oh yeah, we keep this over here. And this happens over here. Right, and here's this. The log, and here's what, and it it was one of those dreams where the first hour was just a nightmare, and the second hour of my shift, not of this bad dream. I think the dream probably lasted just a few minutes. We're in the mist. Uh, It's not the mist, mist is something else. 
So the second hour of the broadcasting shift, the boss came in and the boss was sitting there now and it was like he was waiting for me, you know, and just kind of, it was like an audition. It it was just like, oh man, what is this? It's every broadcasting person's fear to just have this meltdown on the air. The first hour where the music seconds are ticking away and you just don't have something queued up. That was the dream that woke me up today. Good morning, Monday. Anyway, I hope everybody's doing okay and had a good weekend. Yes, we're in the midst. It's not working out. I need to shift away from this word. It's February, uh, about the middle of February now. Uh, Not quite. Valentine's Day is coming up. I love the ladies, especially my own. But Valentine's Day, to me, is just not the holiday. I mean, it is not. I just don't like it. I just don't like it. It's just one of those days. we got to buy candy and the flowers, and it's like, uh, I don't want to get into it. I'm just a little cranky, I think, because I had this broadcasting nightmare dream. In reality, I've never had that situation. I've been around a few people over my years who have. I've seen DJs out at clubs playing music. And I was never a DJ in a club. I was always, you know, a DJ, quote, on the radio. But... I've seen some things happen, and luckily they didn't happen to me. Guys getting locked out, records playing, music playing. I say records because that's what I play at home. Music ends, guys are getting locked out. Seen it. Down at the nightclubs, I've seen DJs drop their headphones onto turntables and the music. (laughs) Bodies stop moving quickly. Luckily that hasn't happened to me. You know, I've had other... Situations where I've maybe said something or cut a piece of music and, you know, it caused a problem with management. You know, back timing, cut the wrong song out and, what you know, what have you. But nothing crazy. But we've had those dreams. And if you worked for a radio station, you've probably had these dreams too. They're called the nightmares. What a fascinating week we've had. In the time between, Elon Musk sends up a red Tesla into space on its way to Mars, plays the David Bowie. I got to love that. Anytime you can mix in, you know, Starman, a little David Bowie, come on. I don't know about you, but is anybody else finding the pictures of the Starman or the video of the Starman in the car up in space? Here's what I don't get. I, I see a rocket go up. I see the boosters peel off. And the next thing you know, I just see the did that thing like hatch like an egg and the car is just out there floating around? It is or is there a big open see this is the thing. I didn't even catch this launch in real time. So I watched it go up later, you see. Now once it got up there, way up there, And the boosters came down and landed. That was the part for me. The landing. The synchronized landing. 
It was fascinating. I was like, what? That was the whole what? But I couldn't tell if the rocket has a huge opening, you know, where the car sits. And it's looking out back at Earth. Because all the video I'm seeing now, it looks like just a car is just chilling out there in space. And I don't get it. And it doesn't look real to me. Now, I'm not saying, look, there's a conspiracy going on here. I just didn't know the front end of that rocket, what it looked like. Or if it was supposed to be, you know, like a storefront and it was all glass and you'd be able to see that kind of thing. I just don't know that. So I'm looking at the picture of the dude and his note that says, don't panic. And it looks like a Memorex commercial. But the one thing I know looked really, really, really real Again, I'm sure all of this is real. I just didn't see the front capsule. Maybe that's what you call it. Or maybe that thing opened up and out hatched the car that's kind of floating about. I don't know, man. I, I guess I need to read it. It hasn't been. Forget it. But those boosters coming back and landing on Earth like that? Oh, that was amazing. Beyond cool. Amazing. And I happen to know someone who is the mother of one of these guys responsible for the engine on the rocket. And if I can get him on the show just to come in and kind of geek out with us a little bit, I'll do that. But uh, yeah, that was cool and that happened. Lots of other amateur radio stuff has happened too. I will take a break here and we'll come back and kind of get into it a little bit. And uh, we'll do that next. From the summit to the shack, this is 100 watts and a wire. The SDR you have asked for is here. ICOM's new 7610 is a high-performance RMDR with the ability to pick out the faintest of signals even in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The new ICOM IC7610 is a direct sampling software-defined radio that's SDR that will change the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. It has an RF direct sampling system, 110 dB RMDR, an independent dual receiver, and dual digi select. And you can communicate with the new D-Star communication device, easy to use and operate. The ID31A Plus is available in silver, red, or gold. It offers worldwide digital communication. You can share pictures and text messages. And it's IPX7 waterproof, compact, lightweight, and tough. Visit icomamerica.com amateur for information about all ICOM radios. Here's Christian, Kilo Zero, Sierra Tango Hotel. Oh, that's right. Man, the Bouvet trip, they're still making their way home. From the Bouvet Island, an island they could see right there in front of them. Can't you imagine the anxiety you have to make that trip to go that far? That massive expense. To pull up right up to the island, looking at that island, and cannot get off of your ship. The weather will just say, no, man. No, you can't. I am sorry. No. 
And I'm hearing now from the ARRL that the trip itself cost upwards of $750,000. Go ahead, take a drink of your coffee. Let that settle in. Mm-hmm. They report that half of that money, nearly half of the money was put up by the crew, the team. 750000 Now, I'm no mathematician, but I'm telling you, man, to pay that kind of money, and of course, the other half was sponsors and radio clubs and what have you, from around the globe, I imagine around the world, Money was put up for this trip. They get all the way to the door and raise their hand, and they couldn't do it. And it's not their fault. It wasn't safe. But man, that's tough. I feel for that team. I really feel for that team. Not to mention, you know, the emotions of it. To take that rocky trip, I mean, like, whoop, I, I don't know. I probably couldn't have eaten. I would have been sick a lot of the time. Cold as a... And some places in the U.S. have actually been colder than Bouvet Island. But still, very cold. Out on the ocean, that mist and wind hit you in the face. Just, no, man, no. But that's me. And to pay for that privilege... It's a lot of money. It's a lot. I don't know what each person gave out. But uh, in total... Upwards of $750,000 to take the long trip to Bouvet Island to stare at the island for a couple of days at least and turn around and have to make it back. Naturally, we want everyone to make it back alive, healthy, good spirits. But how do you turn around and do it again? You know, just the, the fiscal side of this is... Something the physical side of this is another thing, and the emotional side. So, I know there will be stories coming out once um, they return home, and naturally, we wish them all the best on a safe arrival. Your family, your health, everything is paramount over top of the money, the sickness, the sadness. But what a tough tough trip. I imagine they will put it back together and try to make it. I wonder if the same team would go. These are things I'm curious about. And if anyone on that team listens to 100 Watts in a Wire and would like to come and talk about it, we certainly would love to hear from you because I think about that. The toll it takes. You weren't going there to sightsee. You know, you had a goal in mind. You planned, you trained, you paid and physically. Uh, Safe journeys home to the team of Bouvet. I've had some things going on here in the shack. Um, It it was colder this past weekend, so, you know, I did some internal stuff, cleaning, just vacuuming. Made this place look so much better. I've had a couple of gremlins, too. The old TR7, who is looking over my right shoulder at the moment, is also having a bit of an issue. And I'm hoping it's just the D-104. I really am just hoping. A few weeks back, 
I tried to put her on the air. I was going to make a contact. I usually turn her on at least once a week. That way we try to catch the Drake net. If we don't, I just put it on. Listen, because it's still a great radio. I mean, of its time. New folks coming into the hobby and listening to the show. Do some research on a Drake TR7 made out of Ohio. Lots of great lines, amplifiers, great radios. The Drake TR7 was a radio I could not afford back in its day. This is a 1978 model. Still sounds great, but she's not transmitting right now. And I'm hoping... See, a few weeks back, I thought, uh-oh, something's wrong with the uh, the watt meter. Has a power supply, you know, just like a like a wall wart type of deal. Because it was upgraded to show you the, the PEP. And um, I thought, man, maybe this wall wart, and it's a strange wall wart. I posted a photo of it. I think I did. Because I, I haven't seen one like this. It's kind of an RCA type of in. has a different in than most have today. And I had trouble just pulling it up, and I thought, I'll just get myself a new one, and, you know, maybe that's it. And then a couple of weeks later, I go to transmit again. And it's essentially my 100-watt radio. I don't have an amplifier for the uh, Drake TR7. One day, maybe an L7. Who knows? Maybe one day I sell the TR7. I, I don't know. But in my mind, it's my first radio. I still love it. It's beautiful and sounds great. But uh, she's not transmitting right now. And I'm, I'm hoping it's something with the D104. It's not the battery in the microphone. That was changed out. I key up the mic and the level just drops and it takes nothing in. I'm hoping it's the microphone. If I can find someone locally with the microphone, I can I can just test it. I'm hoping it's not a bigger issue, you know, where something needs to be reseated or whatever, because there's not too many technicians that get into uh, the Drake products anymore. There were a couple that were with the factory originally who had retired or had to, you know, provide some support after Mr. Drake passed away and the family, I guess, decided they were going to pack it in there in Ohio. There's a couple of guys who will work on this stuff and old boat anchor guys who enjoy working on things, they don't like to crack into, at least I've found, the solid state stuff. You know, it must be like a mechanic who enjoyed working on old cars where you could get in there and, you know, you could almost stand inside there and do the work you needed to do. And then these modern cars came along and they packed so much inside that it wasn't, you know, something they like to do, at least recreationally. So um, send your prayers and your thoughts out to the Drake TR7. That's okay. Save them. There's something more important that needs your prayers and thoughts, right? So just. But we're thinking about the TR7 right now and a speedy recovery. If I can get a D104 clicked into it, I'll know a little bit more and troubleshoot that. Over on the modern side, with the ICOM, I talked to you a little bit about the pigtail push-to-talk cable. 
and I thought that it was uh, failing me somewhat during recent nets. And some folks have responded to my concerns and thought maybe it was a relay, but I spoke to the people at ICOM. Uh, it's not the amplifier. We've narrowed it down. We were troubleshooting. We've gone direct. We've connected, disconnected everything, the amp from the everything. And seems to me that we're still dealing with this push-to-talk type pigtail. Yesterday, I'm sitting here listening to a couple old boys on 80 meters, 75-meter phone to be specific. And the radio just starts keying up. Like it's transmitting. Like, you know, like, oh, what the hell? I actually said, what the hell? I prefer to say things like, what the heck? What the heck? There's even way to say that. What the heck? You know, you know it has an inflection. I've never seen a transceiver just key up. I didn't have Vox on or, you know, anything strange. And I looked over and I'm like, this some mama, this cable has got to be it. Quickly, I disconnected. I turned everything off, disconnected, tried it again, turned it back on, changed bands. And next thing you know, still doing it. But when I disconnected this pigtail, pushed the talk, Jimmy thingy. It uh, it stopped. I put in just a handheld microphone. I've got it hanging here right now. You know, turned everything back on and just went directly with the factory supplied microphone. And we were cool. In fact, while we're sitting here, I think I'm going to do that. You're going to hear a fan running. Um, let me turn this radio on because, you know, let's just go ahead and put it on. I, I want to make sure nothing... Nothing happens. I don't really need to hear the radio right now. Oh, you want to hear the radio? All right, hold on. I'll just, I'll just, we got to, you ever notice how many switches you got to flip to hear radio? Let's go and move over here to, yeah. now I don't know what they'll say, but anyway. Anyway, we're to keep an eye on this thing, man. It's, Oh. Oh. oh no 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 Valentine Red Boxers we gotta go. We gotta we got to go. We got to go, bro. We got to go. Let's go to eighty meters and just see. Alright, I'm gonna sit here and park. Did that guy just totally disturbed me? I mean he said he was gonna go I gotta go back. We gotta go back and listen to this guy. Hold on. Hold on. This is disturbing. Yeah, they are a bunch of dudes. All right, let's just turn this down. I don't know, man. I don't need to hear about red Valentine's Day boxers. Oh, Lord. Oh. Why are you praying for the Drake TR7? Let's go on now. So, yeah, this thing was all just transmitting on its own and i believe now that it is indeed the cable has failed i think it's because of the design now and i'm not giving anybody a hard time i bought this thing when i bought the um 7300 i made myself a foot switch 
you know, out of an, uh, an older style emergency 911 dispatch type of style. It's a big, heavy pedal. You know, and I, I did the soldering and I put the thing together and I needed the push to talk with the XLR cable and then the 8-pin that goes into the front of the 7300. Well, it doesn't have much of a, like a hook. You almost need it. It was kind of flat, so you need it to kind of bend it from behind your rig to going into the 8-pin of the front of your rig. So I think maybe in its design there, it had been pinched from being kind of turned and hooked to go back into the radio. It's not so sharp, but over time, maybe. And so that's what's happening. That was a little disturbing. I got to tell you, man, I backed the power down right away. Next thing you know, I don't want to be sitting in a room where the mic is live. These guys are talking, having a QSO, and the and everything's freaking out. So, yeah, inside the shack, a little bit of a little cray-cray going on in here from the Drake TR7 saying, I don't want to. I don't want to. Over to the ICOM, modern day stuff, and the next thing you know, it's like, it's... It's queuing up itself. It's like, hey, say something. Look at this trick. Hey, here's one for you. Push to talk by, by, ah, man, these flannel, Valentine's Day boxers. Did you hear that? Let me go back. I can't imagine you get on the air at five o'clock in the morning with your boys talking about your Valentine's underpants. Oh, now methane gas. Okay, this is so. This is the gentleman's band. This is what they call the gentleman's band. Oh, you would think. Oh, yes, we are on 160 at 5 a.m. on Monday morning just to get together for tea. Not these brothers. These brothers are getting together to talk about their draws and methane. Oh, no. Okay. Let's stay focused here because I've taken up a lot of your time. But this is uh, what's happening around the way. And uh, I'm monitoring it right now with the uh, push to talk uh, pigtail out of the equation. Just going straight into the front with the stock microphone. And there's no issues. I can't tell that there's any issues this morning. But I will be monitoring this uh, as we go through. Boy, you're very patient. You're very patient today. Another thing I want to talk about real quick was it, I was encouraged to see that the um, they're studying now the emergency response in Sonoma County. Remember the fires that were blazing, wiped out a lot of homes? So there was an article on GovTech.com, and they're talking about supervisors now looking deeper into the response effort. Was everybody alerted as fast as they could? Did they do the best that they could? And RadioWorld.com also announced that they were going to look into the amateur radio response in Hawaii during the EAS emergency. Remember that? Story came out recently, you know, saying that hams who were drilling, they were already, you know, training. They found out within 20 minutes, maybe 18 minutes, that this thing was untrue, that it was a mistake. The best part about this here, without going on a major rant, is that here you have 
wildfires and emergency situations which are now being investigated. They're being investigated in a way to learn more, to see how they could do better in the future. Hawaii, the same way. The FCC is curious to see how things and amateur radio worked during the storms. This is what I'm talking about. This sort of response is what I would have liked from the ARRL to say, listen, you know what? We made some mistakes here. You know, one being this whole Force of 50 deal, this marketing side. To say the Force of 50 made it seem like they, they parachuted in with capes and tights and saved Puerto Rico. What I would have hoped is that they came back and they were humble and said, look, man, these are good people. They took their time off from work, away from their family to bring their skills to try and help the people of Puerto Rico. We left before everything was settled. We did the best we could. There were some mistakes made, maybe in the selection process, maybe what we took, but we're studying this and we're going we're gonna to put it out there so we can... We can do better next time. And back then, if you listen to past shows, I felt that they just came back to a parade and thought that, you know, we did it, man. The force of 50 swept in and things are still bad in Puerto Rico. Remove all the politics and the nonsense. Think about the people. The people are still struggling and the plans are still trying to unfold because of the politics and because of this and that and what they're getting. It isn't to say what they did was bad. It was the way that was positioned. It was the way it was positioned. The narrative that came out of the league was not humble at all. It was cape and tights and we jumped out of a plane and by the time we got there we threw the line over and everything was cool. It was cool when we left and things were great and everybody loved us. That's kind of how it felt coming back. And people who were paying attention to Puerto Rico were like, what? Wait a minute. What? So uh, I am happy to see that they are studying the response to the wildfires, not just um, amateur radio. Complete emergency. How did they get the word out? Did they do enough? What can we do better? Beautiful. Thank you. It seems reasonable, right? Same with Hawaii. Make sure that doesn't happen again. That scared people to death. What do we have to do to fix that? Hurricanes down, you know, off the coast of the states and American territories. What did we do emergency-wise? What did we do? What could we do better? What would be freer of politics and issues? Let's take a look at it and let's share this with our MCOM community, our disaster communications community. So I was inspired by that. Be sure to check us out on our net because uh, it is a lot of fun. We're having a lot of fun right now. Uh, the conditions are the conditions and that's the way it is. Sun cycle, sun spots, not many spots, but the sun cycle is at the lowest. Maybe we have a couple more years of this. But we've done 66 check-ins last week. We did a bunch on 40, which was just bizarre. And uh, I think we're enjoying the way it's going. It's not your traditional one-person net control runs at all. Maybe that would be something different. 
That's what we used to do. We had a couple of relays with strong stations on the east and west coast. Now, we've got net control operators sprinkled across the globe. Well, across the United States. And we kind of move back and forth. And we never go too long where we call for check-ins and we don't get a response. So in other words, if a net control operator puts out a call for any check-ins, no one comes back, they ask again one more time. Let's try again. Any more calls? And if nothing comes back, we move it. We move it to the Midwest or we move it a little further out west or even out to California. And we throw out another broad net to see. And so it moves quickly and what you're hearing should be something. You should hear somebody somewhere as our net controls move the ball around. More contacts, less alpha hotels. This is 100 watts and a wire. American HF antenna products manufactured in the USA by real Americans. That's Alpha Antenna. Great antenna systems that don't hide issues behind an antenna tuner. That's Alpha Antenna. Highest eHAM reviews of any antenna manufacturer. That's Alpha Antenna. Targeted directional signal launching systems. That's Alpha Antenna. Full disclosure of all antenna analyzer data. That's Alpha Antenna. Antenna systems that are improved based on customer feedback. That's Alpha Antenna. Come to AlphaAntenna.com for your base, mobile, or portable militarized HF antenna systems. God bless America and Alpha Antenna. Made in America, shared worldwide. This is 100 watts and a wire. Don't forget about the sustaining member benefit. More people are donating $25 for the year. And it not only helps the production of this show, which I greatly appreciate, but it also helps you over time. Hopefully, during the course of a year, you will make that money back in purchases you make to the companies that are participating sponsors. Or at least participating in this program. That is MFJ Radio Waves. BioNO Power, Chameleon Antenna, PowerFilm Solar, NI4L antennas. And a lot of guys right now who are donating their money for the year to the show are deciding on what antennas they want to get. And if they get 10%, 15% off a purchase, their savings there. It also helps the company. Because the company potentially gets your sale, so it helps. I'm finding that many of the amateur radio businesses are struggling. You know, if they're telling you the truth, they're struggling. It's hard to make money when you're making wire antennas. I don't know everybody's situation, but it's, it's a helpful situation. So go to 100wattsandawire.com, click on the donate page, read through it. You can see the list of companies, and I hope to grow this even more as we go. There's some great products that I learned about with my mobile install. 
Alito mounts is one. They're not participating in what I'm talking about at the moment, but perhaps they will. I'll talk to Jim about it, maybe this week. Also, Portable Zero is another company I found. I put some rails on my 7300. Love them, man. Love them for portable operations. I'm going to be doing some travel. Maybe they want to get involved. 100wattsandawire.com. Click on the donate page. $25 for the year. We'll give you access to all of these participating businesses. And when you're ready to buy something, we make the connection and you get a deal. Plain and simple. Check it out for me. And I'm going to make that my final for this week. I appreciate you. I hope you're staying warm. The weather here is supposed to heat up. We're slowly going from like 19 to 24 to in the 30s, 40s, and back up to almost 60 by the end of this week. So I think I'm going to take my glove to work and maybe toss around the baseball. We have a softball team, so but play catch, get the leather softened up a little bit. I'm, I'm hopeful. Heck, I even planted a little bit of seed. You're saying, boy, you get in there too early, you dumb something. All that could be true. I'm not directly sowing into the ground outside. Back in October, I built a greenhouse. It's kind of um, made out of cow fencing. These cow panels covered in plastic and set atop and mounted to what would be the equivalent of a raised bed. Maybe, um, I guess we're about 6 inches by 12 feet. I don't know how I did that. Maybe it was 16 feet. I don't know. Some 2x6s, I think we're about 16 feet across. And I I just love it. And it's a whole new game for me. But uh, back in October, I put this together. And inside of it, I've built a a cold frame. So now I've kind of got this double layer of protection. Although, I mean, it is cold, but I've got lettuce growing. And over the weekend, uh, we ate some of it, which was cool. We're doing four seasons here, not on a huge scale. But I just put some more lettuce and some peas in the ground inside the cold frame, which is inside the greenhouse. So, you know, yeah, yeah. Weather's breaking, playing tricks on us, but you can't trust March. You cannot trust March. March. Many marches I've tried to go out there when the weather breaks and you think I'm free of frost. Let's put in the potatoes, the St. Patrick's Day mental marker, and you do it. And it rains and rains and rains, and next thing you know, you get a frost. You may even get snow. You can't trust March. Yeah, I know. We're not talking about amateur radio, but this is the life of an amateur radio operator. This is like a rag chew. Okay, we are more than amateur radio operators. We're husbands and sons and brothers, sisters. We've got YLs listening. So we're more than just amateur radio operators, and that's why you hear more about life in general. All right, friends, I'll wrap it up there. Please try and stay warm. I think better days are coming in terms of temperature and hopefully overall. My grandmother used to say that. My Polish grandmother, Mabusha. She'd say better days are coming. I don't know what she'd think of this world right now. It's a tough one. But I know she would share this sentiment when say, you know, you take care of yourself and you take care of your family. And by all means, please try and stay above the noise. (laughs) 
To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.